Welcome to the Everton Army podcast, uh, sponsored by Manscaped. My name is John. I'm joined by Shane, Lee, and Andrew. And uh, I just want to start with the fans first of all. This game, um, the FA Cup game at Old Trafford, there because the fans were just tremendous. Um, you know, flying the flag for the for the rest of the fan base in terms of going at the board uh, with the All Together campaign. Who you know, we were one of the uh, the seventeen, the original seventeen, to put our names to the letter, and we're very proud of that. Like, but those fans tonight were just absolutely outstanding. Um, they sang the hearts out. You know, they were they were very very loud as well, and they had the banners to go with it as well. So, yeah, they've, they've done us proud there. Um, Shane, do, do you want to have a little word about the fans right before we move on to the game? I think the main thing was probably that the club don't deserve them. Yeah, and True. I think the the epitome of it all like was like the Bournemouth it was where all the fans travelled right down there they all come back up and then they went back down despite yeah. the results yeah and like uh, Ian Wright said on the telly before um, you've got every right to be complaining taking the banners protesting and everything like that because yeah happened like 10,000 of them travelled down there tonight or I think it was 9,500 or something mm. uh, and, and that's, uh, that's off the back of the performance and the 4-1 Brighton defeat as well so yeah off to all of them yeah definitely mate fantastic um, Lee any uh, thoughts on the fans tonight mate and, and you know the uh, the All Together Now campaign uh, well, just to touch on the fans, like, I mean, I can't really say anything, well, anything better than what Shane said. This club do not deserve the fans. Mm. I mean, you'd even go back to last year and we got annihilated by Tottenham. Yeah. And then about two weeks later, they all made the trip back down to London yeah. for the FA Cup quarterfinal and watched us get spanked 4 0. Yeah. I mean, we, you hear loads of people talking about it, but. I think, especially, you hear a lot of fans saying we've got the best the best fans, the best this, but our fans, I don't think you'd see 40,000 of Goodison mm. week in, week out. Well, sorry, well, 54,000 at Anfield, and you definitely wouldn't see 9,500 going to Old Trafford for yeah. an FA Cup game from any other club. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. as simple as that. Um, and just to touch on the campaign, obviously, I am a part, I was a a part of the original 27. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you to all of these fan groups to use as well for obviously putting our names on it. Yeah. Um, I said on the last pod that it's time to fight for our club because this yep. is our club and it's nice to see. I mean, I know there were 17, people, 17 fan groups and social media groups that have signed it, but I think it's... I'm pretty sure it's over 100 now, if not more. Yeah. And yeah. that's in the space of, well, the letter's been out for 31 hours mm. now. It got published at five o'clock yeah. yesterday. So, yeah, just want to thank everyone that pushed together and made this. But this is only the start, though. Mm. It is, mate, yeah, definitely. It's nice to see... Uh... You know, the Echo actually picking it up as well and, and putting it on the front page there as well. Being everywhere, well, I think um, we got a message off Everton Australia saying they wanted it because they'd seen it on their news station. Yeah. I think it might have been their, their Sky 
I'm mm. not too sure though. I, I didn't fully, I've been in work, so I didn't fully read the message, but yeah, there's so there's been a lot of people reaching out saying we want to put our name to it. Yeah, definitely, um, mate. No, it's it's good, like it's it's good to see, and you know, as you say, mate, it's just the beginning, like, um, as Rev said, you know, the the power of the people is better than the, the you know the people in the power so you've just got to keep going and, and just pushing with it and, and see where it gets us like as as a fan base but um do you think that performance tonight do you think you know they've they done the traveling fans proud um shane yeah i think the scoreline probably flattered united in the sense of the third one was just a throwaway I think uh, the commentators were saying that Godfrey didn't appeal against the penalty, but I think it was just, it was literally the last kiss of the game. Yeah. Soft one as well, in my opinion. Um, yeah. We, did, we had quite a few things go against us. It's probably something that Everton fans probably always say with the referees and stuff, but it was. Um, oh, shocking, yeah. Like you pointed out with the offside goal, it was like one angle they showed on the TV and it's, it's always skewed. Yeah. And, on it was literally like Damari Gray's toe. Um, but yeah, there was just it's polar opposite to the Brighton performance. You see him fight, they were mentioning on the TV as well, coverage before it. They were saying that it's the, the whole dogs of war, like they, that's what they need to go into this game. Yeah. And they, they, were, they were fighting the, and we just didn't get enough from it. Um, <clears throat> In the end, but promising is probably not the the way to use. But um, I think, like I said, I, I'd give Lampard the Southampton game, and I think that's probably going to be as unless the board do something stupid. I think that's probably going to be the the be all and end all of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andrew, what's your thoughts on on the game, matches? Are you proud of that performance, even though we got beat? You know, because it to me, you know, they they looked like they really did try tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, there was a collective effort. There was fight. They didn't let themselves get broken by the first four minutes. Yeah, well done, everyone. Um, <laughs> Cody's own goal that hurt hmm. uh, because you wonder. There's so many if this had happened or if this hadn't happened moments in that game. Like, if he had let that one go past, they didn't really have anyone in the box that I can recall. Mm. It was just kind of an instinct thing. Yeah. Uh, it was straight out of the Michael Keane playbook, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but they really, like, they never stopped fighting. Nikolenko looked awful, which mm. I, I, it's so weird because if there's one thing you could really count on him for, it was defense. And the last couple of games, he's looked completely off it. Yeah. Um, if we had cover, I would sit him, but I don't think we do uh, uh, with Vinagre. I don't know why, but he just clearly something does not seem good enough about him on the training pitch. Yeah. But the the collective, I mean, it's such a cliche, the collective spirit, mm. uh, just to never say die, and the fans, like people ask, why are you an Evertonian? They're so bad. <laughs> like this because of that traveling fan base, because mm. of that never say die. Yeah, it just something about it grabs you. Yeah, it does, mate. It does. Um, just going back to Mikhailenko there, I, I agree. I think he was awful tonight. Um, you know, it, it it's obviously you know the amount of stuff that he's been going through over the last twelve months or so is 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 horrific. Like, but 
to say, you know, at what point do we stop saying that and look at his football performance because he was he was shocking tonight and he's supposed to be a good defender but he keeps getting rinsed every single time. Like the first goal, um, you, you know, they just pulled it back and, and he, I, I seen him like chasing Anthony and he looks and he, he looks at Anthony and he just lets him go. Like he just lets him stroll into the six-yard box and, and put it in with a little slide, which is just pathetic. Like you have to run with him and... Cody, after the goal went in, was looking across as if to say, like, come on, you know, you can do better than that, like. But, um, Lee, what's your thoughts on, on Mikhailenko? Because you'd think with a five at the back, he'd be a bit more solid, like. Yeah, I think he has had a few bad games, hasn't he? So on the run as well. But I, I don't want to go too hard on him because he is a kid still. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not even going to talk about what's going on because, I mean, that's that's for him personally. So, yeah, you know, obviously I wish all of his family well and I hope everything's all right and stuff. But, mm. now, um, it is a concern. But, I mean, even top-season professionals go through bad spells in a season. Yeah. And if you remember as well, that the first really bad game he had this season was against United at Goodison. Yeah. And Anthony ripped him to shreds. He did, yeah. He did. We all said it on the pod. He literally, I think that was a wake-up call for, for Mikhailenko mm. because he just got ran ragged that day. Yeah, he did. I mean, as Shane said, and Andrew, I mean, if we've got someone, I would put them in. I'd give them a little. Same with Onana as well and Gordon. They're all young kids. They should yeah. not be playing. Mm. Two games a week in this Premier League. You know, it's the hardest league in the world. So, yes, wanna, it is. I mean, whilst they are good players, you've still got to bed them in. You've still mm. got to protect them. Um, yeah. With our injury records and the fact that we're struggling, they've just been, they've got to bear the brunt of it playing week in, week out, and it's not fair on them. Yeah. Well, That's yeah. a really no, good point. We don't have like, Foden's and Holland's like absolute freaks of nature mm. that are next level generational talents. We have pretty good, very young players who mm. should not be in this spot. No, yeah, shouldn't definitely. Be. Yeah, oh. uh, just just going back to Onana as well. Um, Andrew, do you think because he obviously he wasn't playing for the Brighton game, but can you see the difference that he he makes to the team? Yeah. I mean, it's a colossal difference what he does in the midfield. I still think he needs some help with his aerial timing. Um, yeah. But he really does control the space and mm. make things happen, and he's brave. That's the biggest thing. It doesn't always come off, and it's frustrating when it doesn't. Yeah. But he is brave, and he plays progressive passes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He looked really, really nice to me tonight. Um, Alex Iwobi, Shane, the guy next to him, was... I don't know what it is. He seems to have fell off the last few weeks and, and it's disappointing. Like, you know, he's been obviously fantastic for about 12 months now, but I don't know. He's just really frustrating. And then he goes and gets injured to top it off. Like, it, it's just not having the best of luck. But he's. What do you think of Will be there tonight? Um, so, it, it, the what. It was a it was a bad one for him, like the first half. I mean, he didn't get obviously he didn't get much in the second half, but sometimes just like lately as well, 
even in the three-man midfield, it just looks like he's running around like an headless chicken. Balls mm. pass to him. It's, like, it's not even like his head's on a swivel. It's like he's like proper panicking as if like where he's got to get rid of the ball to pass it off to next. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's meant to be like the, the furthest man forward. Um, and it, uh, we, we said before that when he, you know, unfortunately he went off injured, but when to Corey, which I paid, like I wasn't happy to see him coming on because of all the rumours of him leaving. But yeah, uh, stuff we spoke about in the last part. But when he come back on, it's just the midfield just looks better. Yeah, just having three battling midfielders in there rather than um, Awobi as well. I don't know. Mm. It's just he started getting into that form where it was like, okay, well now we need the assists and we need a few goals off him. And then, like you say, it's just it dropped right off. Yeah. It's a shame, like it is a shame. Um, Lee, what did you make of um, Demari Gray? Because to me, he was by far the best player on the field from both teams, uh, maybe apart from Rashford. But Demari Gray was sensational for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know what Lampard said to him because the last few, I mean, apart from Brighton, yeah, well, let's face it, I don't think any player could hold their head up high after that because it was yeah. just shocking from top to bottom. Um, but he was probably the, one of the best players on the pitch against City. Um, yeah. Again today, but this is what this is what I said. I said that's the start of the season. He's just not consistent enough. If you can get consistency out of him, yeah, he is. He is a really good winger. I'm not going to say he's world class because he's not. Hmm. But for for what we've paid for him, I mean, all you all you need to get is that little bit more out of him every game. Because yeah. there's certain games where you don't even realise he's on the pitch. Mm. Um, that's the big worrying thing. But if he carries on playing the way he has, the way he has against the two Manchester clubs, then he will he'll be well he already is, I think he already is a vital player for us anyway, because mm. of what he can do. It's yeah. just getting more out of him. Well, not yeah. even getting more, just getting in on a consistent basis. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, a shame that like we've got to rely on him because he's he's yeah. obviously not a player that you you should be relying on. He should just be like, you know, a nice squad player that comes in and does a bit and sets up a goal and then put him back on the bench for the next game. Like, but the fact that we're having to rely on him it just says how poor the squad is. But he, he's been carrying it like fair play to him in the last few games. Um, as you say, hopefully he, he looks like he's got that bit between his teeth, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does. Like, yeah. he looks hungry as well, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know I'm going back, but that tackle that he put in mm. in the last minute against City, yeah, and he just rolls back, and he's like, you can see he's absolutely knackered. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't get many wingers in the league, in, in world football, like putting lunge and tackles in like that in the last minute. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, definitely, mate. No, he's, he's been great, like. Um, just got to get more of his, his, you know, his little... Uh, Cameo in the second goal as well, which should have stood in my opinion. Like I, I, again, as you said, as Shane said before, you you can't really see the offside because you only show one angle. But um, he was like he knocked it onto Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin flicks it to Gray, gives it to Coleman, and then back to Gray, and he and he rinses Malassia, whips it across the six yard box, and Calvert Lewin puts it in off his chest. I at first I thought he'd ruled it out for like handball, um, but. I, like it obviously pulled it back for offside, but um, yeah, just just brilliant from Demari Gray, and, and obviously that shows the difference that Calvert Lewin can do as well. Like he he cannot see Mopai doing that, 
Shane, do you think like would you have started Calvert Lewin today, or would do you think it's wise to just bring him on for the last twenty like we did today? Like I'd have preferred for him to start, but they said it was a a fatigue problem because he played two games in a row or three. Yeah, um, which I can't understand. I mean, I mean he's. he's I mean, how, how long can you say that a player is coming back from fitness? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd rather see Sim start over my play. Mm. From what I've seen, uh, seen Sunderland fans saying he plays better than a two, which we were playing. Yeah. Uh, and like one of the stronger things about him was his older playing stuff. So it was like, it, I don't under it, it's. We brought Sims back in for the attacking options, and then it's like my pie's getting played because we've got no other option when we we have. Yeah, it was once that I think he he's drawn a foul just outside of our eighteen yard box, which was the first thing that I think he positively done. We said through the game as well in the in <clears throat> in the chat that he just doesn't pass the ball forward. Yeah. If he does hold the ball up when he gets it in between, like at the halfway line or, or in between there in the 18 yard box, he's looking backwards. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, Every it's time. Just... I think you said at one point, you know, he had someone given the ball by like on the edge of our own penalty box and he turns around and passes it in the box for someone to just boot it up the field. Like just, yeah. just try and take it and carry it, you know, 20 yards up the field by as a free kick or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just. He he just loves to pass it backwards, like when there's no need to. It's it's pathetic, like. I just um, don't. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't. I don't see like what like he offers because you play with wingers crossing the ball and he's not an aerial threat. Yeah, the play is not great at all. Yeah, I mean, being in the in the last game when when the ball, or was it the was it the city game when the ball went over the top and. He, he he takes a touch and his touch just like the, the Wolves game, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wolves game it was, yeah. Sorry, and um, he he should, so he got he's got no pace. He's not agile, so it's just like yeah. It was definitely a panic buy. I oh mean, yeah, like, ball as well. Brighton didn't want him. Hmm. And what it's happened to me? Like as you just said there, like if if you can't really hold the ball up and you can't win headers and he's got no pace, what's the point? Like, what is the point? It. It's one of the strangest transfers I've ever seen in my life, and we've had like, you know, Royston Drenthe and Dennis Dracolazzi and all them. It's just weird. Like it, it doesn't even fit. Like at least with them, you could say, all right, that's the type of profile that we're looking for. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I can't even f- figure out like what kind of profile of player he is. Do you know what I mean? It's just weird. No, um, there's over turns, no. Like, he, he scored one. He scored one all season. Yeah, and it's uh, I was said earlier as well. Like he was playing up front with Gray, and it was actually Gray that was doing all the running. Yeah, that done anything that was worthwhile on the ball and stuff like that. So it's like it. It was sort of like Martial with United as well until he come off. I forgot that he was even on the pitch because it was more Rashford than Anthony at times as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a mad one, like um. Yeah, Wobi, by the way, has got a ligament damage in his ankle uh, and he's on crutches at the moment. Um, Lee, it's a, it's a shame. Like, what, what would you do? Because obviously, that, it sounds like he's you know he's not going to be back for January like or before the end of January. So you're going to have to try and keep hold of Decore by the looks of things, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, could end up being that. Because um, I don't think there's... I mean, the only really... The other option is to bring um, Warrington back. Yeah. But he's playing well, so mm. if he's not going to play him, like... We, we, we love recalling players and not giving them a game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't want to say that really, but <laughs> he has been playing really well for Fleetwood. Yeah. And we all, I mean, everyone was buzzing after the summer when he came back after his long spell at Tranmere last year. Mm. And, you know, I've spoken to a few Tranmere fans and they said, he, I mean, it was League Two and that it's a big, big difference. Yeah. They, they even said, like, you could see the levels, he, he was just a level above. Hmm. But, no, I mean, you've got, when's Garner back? Is he back soon or? Uh, I'm not actually sure, to be honest with you. I'm not too sure. if he comes back before, like before the window shuts, yeah, and you've also got Davies and Decore, hmm. there's enough players there, it's just, it depends on what formation he's going to play as well. Yeah, it does, yeah. So, I mean, if you are going to play a 5-3-2, you've got Davies and Decore who can play there. I mean, they're not great, but... Yeah, even got Isaac Price as well. Yeah, Isaac Price as well. And then once Garner's fit, you've got Garner. So, I I mean, I will be better than all of them. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been playing well lately, but Mm. there's a reason why he's playing week in, week out, and they're not. Yeah. But we have got, I think we've got enough bodies in there. It's just, obviously it goes on like the type of opponent you're playing against and the type of formation Frank wants to go with. Yeah. Because you've got so many different type of profiles. Obviously, Decore is is a big, big presence in there, even though he's not fantastic. But Hmm. he's a different type of profile to the likes of Garner and Davies. Yeah. Yeah, he's physical. Yeah. that Isaac Price is quite a big fella as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've definitely got players there who can you can do a job. But yeah. as I say, it just depends on which how we approach games. Yeah. Just want to say about the tackle as well, that that obviously injured the way you could see, you know, the the uh, distress that he was in and obviously had to be stretched off like, but the tackle was very similar to Alan's one against Newcastle last season that saw them got a straight red. And I don't even think the referee gave a foul for this. I don't think anyone got booked. I don't even think they got a free kick or whatever. But it's, I don't know. Like the ref just seemed to, he was just shit. Shane, do you want to just touch on the ref, mate? I know, like you said before, like, you know, we always seem to, you know, moan at, you know, at the officials and all that. But today it was absolutely crap, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things was before he went off, Casemiro got away with three fouls without yep. getting carded. Um, then obviously he had the foul on Awobi. Uh, yeah, he, he 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 let one go on uh, it's a Sugai as well. Yeah, and Onana got a few as well. Yeah, there was. I mean, the one Onana got carded for, he, he held his hands up for it. Like, um, but then there was the one. Um, I can't can't think of who it was. Now it was Rashford on the wing, and he, yeah. he dived. Yeah, he did. Our players shouted for it, and then um, he got was it was it Godfrey? I think it might have been. Uh, might have been Godfrey or the Corey, one of them. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was the Corey. 
Decore got yellow carded for it because Decore was turning around holding his hand up for it for like to show a card himself. Yeah. And it just looked like there was no contact at all. The penalty was a soft one, I thought. Um, until a certain, a certain oh. angle, it didn't look like he got touched at all. Mm. And, and it was um, it was like he, he left a trailing leg out and was halfway down anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, does, it doesn't help, especially in games like that, when you need the momentum shift, like the goal would have given us. Um, because I think in the second half, there was, like with the goal that was disallowed, there was a few decent passages of play. Yeah, there was, yeah. Looked like we were actually playing like good counter football, like progressive passing and stuff like that. And yeah, but like you say, I think it's just a week in, week out thing where we're complaining about the refs. And you know, I can't now remember the last time that we that there wasn't an instance in this game, but where, where we've had a penalty. Mm. There was a run last season where we didn't, where we went so long without one as well, but and the VAR, right. yeah. Dean said after the game that it's like the VAR's ruled it out, that's the rules and that, but even still, like there should be something that's put in where it's by margins like that, it should go into the attacker's favour. Yeah. Um because like we like we touched on before, it's like the drawing the lines, you're only getting to see one angle. The drawing yeah. the line from uh Shaw's sleeve, which seems to be a thing they change all the time, whether it's his his sleeve at the bottom, touching his, his elbow, or whether it's the the seam on the shoulder, yeah, uh, it was literally Gray's toe. So, yeah, he wasn't great. But another thing as well would have been like with the, like the media coverage of him in the sense of like the commentary, like Lee Dixon was awful. Yeah, he and was. you you wouldn't have been able to tell the ref was bad because he was just he was saying. Like going with what the ref was saying, so it didn't seem like he was being that controversial. Yeah. No, Lee Dixon was shite, like, yeah, proper game. Um, Lee, Frank Lampard's record, he's now had 42 games in charge, 12 wins, 8 draws, and 22 defeats. Um, do you think, like, for me, you should have gone after the Bournemouth debacle, you know, the, the fucking horror show in one week, twice in one week, but do you think, would you give him the Southampton game? I'm not going to lie, I'm torn down the middle. Yeah. Simply because it doesn't look like we're in for many players. Mm. So, like, obviously, if you were going to sack them, you'd want to give the other, the new manager as much time as possible yeah. to get players in. But it doesn't look like we're trying to get players in. So, mm. um, I don't think he's lost the dressing room. I mean, let's... So I, I want to put that Brighton game at the back of my mind and never think about it again. But if you look at the other two games that we've played, I mean, even even the Wolves game, there was no... I mean, yet we lost it in the last minute and there was a lot of passing around the back. But, you know, the, the fight was still there. The fight was there at City and the fight was definitely there tonight. So you can say he's all definitely not lost the dressing room as well. Mm. But his... His in-game management and his like the way he sets up against Brighton after playing so well against City, he's not helping himself. Yeah. I mean, we can all say what we want about the board, and you know, we all we all want changes at the club in that regard, but yeah, 
he hasn't helped himself as well. No, definitely I not. I mean, bringing Mopa, well, Calvert Lewin, yeah, I can understand to a point because he, he, he's had so many injury problems. But if you're playing two up front, you play two with different profiles. So put Ella Sims on with Gray. He can hold the ball up and then you've got runners off him. Yeah. And then bring Calvert Lewin on like he did for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind that substitution to be fair, given Calvert Lewin 20 minutes. Hmm. But it should have been coming on for Sims and not Mopai, in my yeah, opinion. But I agree. Yeah. It, yeah it's, I it's one of them where you just feel like if, if that was his last game, can Lampard look in the mirror and say, I, I'd done everything I could tonight there? Because if that was the case, he'd have, he'd have give Sims a little go, do you know what I mean? Just just a little roll of the dice. So I don't I, know. I actually he... don't think tonight was the, wor- was the worst that he's done in terms yeah. of like the subs and stuff. Mm. But obviously, you know, when you've got Cavalier on the bench, you're going to bring him on. He's the main striker yeah. at the club. And then obviously, yeah. Awobi's injury. That's forced upon you anyway, and it was very early in the second half, wasn't it? So, yeah, I just mean, I just mean like he's, if he might feel like he's not going anywhere anytime soon. That's why he's making some of these decisions. Do you know what I mean? To to play like yeah. like that. Otherwise, why would you start Mopai? I don't know. Maybe I've just got a vendetta against I mean, Mopai for whatever reason, but well, you know, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> Uh, Connor Cody actually said after the game, um, we're in a bad place. It's something we want to get out of as quickly as possible. But Frank is a fantastic person and we're all fighting for him. Um, Shane, can you can you see that on the pitch? And would you give him the Southampton game? I think from the, the City game and tonight, was evidence like Lisa said that he hasn't lost the dressing room, so I think they are fighting for him. Um, yeah. I'd I'd give him the Southampton game. Mm. Um, I think, like you say, if they were going to sack him, I think it should have been done after the Bournemouth games. Yeah, built the whole World Cup to replace him, and then somebody's to come in and they get their signings ready for January. I think. I think given the Southampton game with the formation provided, doesn't go back to the. I mean, I can't see it. I'm going mm. back the four three three like with Brighton. Um, I'd sack him for that if he does. <laughs> well, I, I think that only goes <laughs> even against Southampton. Um, but I think if the five, the five at the back, a go against Southampton, see what we get out of that. And if you're not getting that out of Southampton, I think they're sitting bottom right now. Mm. Um, yeah. then obviously, there's no hope. I think one of the positive things from tonight as well was with the substitutions. I think it wasn't uh, one of the trends has been that we've said that. Um, he's always far too like bringing them on, and he's reactionary with them. Or yeah. even I don't even think reactionary is the word because it's like so late that he does makes the changes, and they're not always yeah. the right ones. But tonight, apart from the Awobi one, which he had to, it was like each time that I was thinking myself, oh, he needs to bring Gordon on here, or needs to get Calvert Lewin or Sims on. Like the players were warming up, and they were ready to come on. Yeah. I think apart from the fact, like we've said, that Mopai shouldn't have started the game, and mm. I would have him to run out. I think, I think, I think off tonight, tonight anyway, I, I'd give it the Southampton game. But I think that it's a, as I said before, to be all and end all situation. I think for him, 
I think a lot of people who st- a lot of people who stick up for him with the stuff about like the board saying that like you know he, he's been without a striker and mm. uh, he's got the fans on side the team like the team are all for him and stuff like that but it comes down to the statistics that you brought up before and that's results points on the board yep. and practically what he can be be in game or what he sets up before games against teams and sometimes it doesn't look like he's got a plan B. Yeah. Um, and he said in the game as well, like where, where you said them stats there before that, I think he's in the bottom two of Everton managers of all time with women's yeah. sense. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I've seen as well was that if, apart from obviously the fact that Benitez was ex-Liverpool and stuff, and that's why no one wants him in the first place, but if you shout for Benitez, is it, then it's only fair that you're questioning Lampard now. Yeah, definitely, mate, yeah. It's a shame, like, because, you know, you, you do feel for him and you, you do actually like Lampard as a person, but he just doesn't look like he can cope. Like, with, it's getting to him. You can see that in the, in the interview afterwards. The pressure is just enormous for him. Um, so you need someone who's just going to be able to carry that weight on the shoulders and, and, and deal with that, like. Um, yeah, he, he just doesn't look like he's there yet. Um, but, yeah, as, as you say, Lee, we've got... Eight days now before Southampton, so uh, hopefully we can, you know, try and do something in the market and and maybe even just get a loan in before then or something. Because in order to win that game, like we're going to need someone who can go up front, like because Mopai is not doing it. Don't know about Calvert Lewin if he's going to be able to play next week or whatever, but we'll see. Um, just thinking on uh, this, yeah, this um, Southampton at bottom of the league, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it would make sense to give him that game because obviously, well, you'd expect if we win that, not everyone around us is going to win, so we'd be out of the bottom three. Mm. But I think if he, if we are to lose that game, then I mean, if you're losing to that, would be the what the fourth team on the run that have been in the bottom three. Yeah, we played them and yeah. they beat us. Yeah. So then, obviously, I mean. As Harry said on the last pod when we had him on, mm. we are in the bottom five teams in the league. And if the four teams are beating you around you, then yeah, I game over. Unfortunately, yeah. so yeah, actually, I probably would give him the Southampton game mm. just based purely on that. But yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? It is. I mean, it it doesn't even look like they've got a plan. Like the club haven't even got a clue. You know, we're seeing rumours saying, you know, he, it was based on the results tonight or whatever and the performance and all of these things just add up to not having a baldy clue. Like, they haven't even got a, an idea of who do you want to interview or who do you've got lined up or anything. It, Which makes you think that they are going to give him a bit more time. Mm. I mean, let's face it, this fucking board of directors and chairman and CEO and the owner, they haven't covered themselves in glory, have they? I think it goes from the fact that like Sims got recalled. I don't think that had anything doesn't look like it had anything to do with Lampard because if it was he would have got game time. Yeah. Just there today as well, that broadhead's been recalled. Yeah. Well I have heard someone saying Ipswich are putting a bid in for him. Hmm. Ipswich so, one of them is getting sold by the sounds of it. So I don't know how true that is, but 
for us yeah. transfer wise, for us buying players where we weren't sure that what we've got to spend if we're bringing Broadhead back to be selling him because yeah. we're looking for funds, it's not promising. Um, and then it's just stuff like that with the Danny Ings that we're trying to loan him instead of yeah buying him. And then there was a a small window of ordeal with Orsic mm. where Southampton were out of it, and it looked like that we might have been able to get. And that that that's another player where he's he's going for I think it was eight million. Yeah. And he he looks to be a decent player as well, but then it's just I think Southampton had added on about a million. So whether we were in for him or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah that wouldn't surprise but, me if that was one of them, not someone the club they've bought him from have been like, Oh, we've got another bid here. Mm. Yeah. They, they haven't really, and Southampton have gone. Well, we definitely because they do need goals in the team as well. To be fair, yeah. Oh. Um, I'm seeing some rumours as well regarding Roberto Martinez saying, you know, he might he might be in for the Portugal job. He's close to going in for the Portugal job. I I actually don't buy that. I think that's like his agent or whatever to say to Everton, get a move on here. You know what I mean? And we'll probably fall for it, like, but. Yeah, I'd, I don't know. Um, we didn't deserve that today anyway. 3-1 is just unfair, in my opinion. I, I thought we played very well. We caused United a lot of problems. They hadn't conceded the goal since November, by the way. Um, so I thought we, we'd done okay there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the next week or so, like, and, and just keep you updated as and when. But yeah, Lee, Shane, Andrew, thank you for joining me. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And... It basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear, t- and ear trimmer. And the weed bucket is also waterproof and also has Manscaped skin safe technology as well, which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped box- Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. 
unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWPodcast at gmail.com.